Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. I've heard this story many times. Often, as my mother and I were doing our morning chores, she would retell the story that her and my earthly father took to Bethlehem as she pet and fed the donkey. She would tell of angels, shepherds, kings, and the gifts they brought me. She would bring out the spices and breathe their deep aroma. The fragrance would give her so much peace. Throughout my growing up years, I would often find her smelling them when I got into trouble or made a mess. I'm sure she needed reminded of her purpose through the tough years. But I always knew mine. I remember the conversation I was having with my Heavenly Father before the Nativity story. The love that he had for the world he created was so great that he was going to send me into it. We had been watching, longing really, longing for a way to have a personal connection with those we loved. But there was a gap. And sending me into the world as a loving sacrifice would fill that gap. I knew my goals. I even knew my fate. But I didn't know what it would like to be man, to walk the earth, to feel as man felt. I didn't understand why a baby until much later. But I experienced it all as mankind does, learning to walk, learning to run, learning to make friends, getting a skin knee, I did it all right alongside them. I watched those I love get hurt, deal with sickness, and die. But I also witnessed them laugh and celebrate joyous occasions. I began to understand the complexity of the heart and the mind in a new way. When my time had come and I was ready, my ministry began. I taught and discipled many young men and women into what it was truly like to love and follow God. I tried to help them understand who he is. They were eager students, full of faith. Many even died for my namesake. My brothers, my sisters, my friends, My time here in this world was coming to an end. I thought back, back before the beginning, to that initial conversation I had with my Heavenly Father. As I prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, I was overcome with sorrow. It felt like death had already overtaken me with the heaviness. I fell on my face to the ground. This plan, this purpose was becoming a reality. I prayed to my father that if it is possible that this cup be taken from me, but not as I will, but as your will. I knew as I walked back down to where, my, where I left some of my disciples that it was indeed his will for me to drink of that cup. When I had reached them, I knew it was my time. 
I woke them up again as they they were asleep instead of watching, uh, keeping watch like they were supposed to be doing as Judas and a small crowd approached us. He kissed me. My heart sank. All I could say was do what you came for, friend. At that, I was grabbed to be arrested. Chaos erupted around me. Peter drew his sword, cutting off the ear of the high priest's servant. (laughs) Peter. Oh, Peter, he was such a passionate man. I told him to put his sword away. I reminded him who I was and that I had 12 legions of angels at my disposal. But I reminded him that the scriptures needed to be fulfilled. As I reminded him, I reminded myself. I picked the severed ear up and put it back on the servant's head. As I restored and I healed him, my purpose was once again made clear why I had come in the first place. Over the next few days, I was mocked, beaten to the point that I wanted death more than life. My followers were nowhere to be found, and all around me I was shouted at, spit on, laughed at. Finally sentenced to die by crucifixion. It was the people's choice. I listened as they yelled at Pilate to replace Barabbas with me on that cross. I did not expect to feel so much pain. Not only physically, but my heart was pained as well. What had I done? Preach the good news of my father? Claim to be his son? I am his son. I spoke truth. Truth in love. As I was led to the hill, the weight of the cross was truly the weight of the world, and I could lift it no longer. They called a man out of the crowd to help me. As we reached the hill, I was laid atop the cross and nailed like a piece of wood from my earthly father's workshop instead of flesh. I cried out in pain. They continued to mock me, placing a crown of thorns on my head and making a plaque for my cross that read, King of the Jews. As my cross was being lowered into place, I was overcome with love for these people. I asked my father to forgive them. They truly did not know what they were doing. (sighs) Finally, it was over. The pain was gone. My time here finished. How is it after such a short time with such a frail people that I would love them even more. Once back home with my heavenly father, we embraced. 
We rejoiced at what was to come. I told him what it was like to be man, to walk in the flesh. I told him how I loved them, all of them, and seen their joy and felt their pain. I've seen them succeed and fail. I witnessed them get back up after being beaten down. I knew what it was like to be them, and I loved them all the more. I love Judas. I love Peter and all his crazy ideas and plans and his heart. His heart. He is my rock. I love Mary. She was so eager to know me and learn all she could. Her faith and joy were contagious. Showing myself to her first was incredible. I told him how happy I was that in spite of and because of all my pain I endured as a living sacrifice, there was no longer a gap. We had a way to connect with their hearts directly. We could partner with them to bring about peace, joy, strength, and love like they've never experienced before. We could experience what we'd been longing for, a personal, intimate relationship with each and every one of them. I love people. Every part, every flaw, every triumph. This was all for them. And I would do it all over again. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for joining us this morning. And thanks for joining us over in the Beacon as well. And if you're watching online, thanks for tuning in. Jesus came down to earth out of love. Out of love. Who's ever heard of a, a king leaving his kingdom or stepping off of his throne? That's what Jesus did. And it was all out of love for me and for you. So today we are finishing up our Christmas message series called Faith, Hope, and Love. These three remain. And our key scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 13 that says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith is powerful. Hope is powerful. But love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. So that's our topic for today. And we're going to be in a section of the Bible that has the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. We'll be in John chapter 3. You can turn your Bibles there if you'd like. We'll also have the scripture up on the screen as well. 
But just to set this part of the scripture up, Jesus has performed his first miracle, turning water into wine. He's gone on to Jerusalem and uh, cast the the money changers and the and the people selling uh, doves and things like that. He cast them out of his father's house, and he has this zeal to keep the temple, the temple, the house of God. Then he begins to teach the people, perform many miracles. And it's in that setting that later in the evening, a Pharisee named Nicodemus comes to see Jesus. He wants to understand this new teaching. So Jesus begins to teach to him what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to really be born again. He talks about that. But it's in that section of scripture that we're going to pick up that section of the story. It's John 3, verse 13. It says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. He's referring to himself there. Jesus goes on and says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So today's our our Christmas message is called the first Christmas when love came down. When love came down. And I'm going to give us a couple of reasons why Jesus came down to earth. And you can fill these in on your handout if you would like. But first, let me pray. So, Father, we come to you and uh, we thank you just in advance um, of this message, Lord, that your son Jesus came down to earth that he was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, that he lived a perfect life and he was willing to lay it down on behalf of us. So Lord, I pray that today you would speak to our hearts, open up our hearts to receive from you. And we do come against the enemy that would really seek to confuse and distract us. And we just command the enemy to be silent in this place. You have no authority in this place. And Holy Spirit, I invite you in to speak through me and to minister to our hearts today. We submit this service to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you can fill these in on your handout if you would like. Love brought Jesus down to earth. This is point number one. To give us something better to believe in. To give us something better to believe in comes from John 3.16, where he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him. So I looked up that word in the Greek, the believes, and it's this Greek word called pistuo, which means to have faith in, to entrust, to believe in, to put trust in. And I actually heard a Bible scholars say that this word is translated as to put your weight on, to put your weight on. And so it reminded me of a story, a time when I was in high school, 
And I was working construction with my dad and we were putting a deck, a second story deck on a house. And we had these two by 10 planks uh, up from the, the side of the hill because there was a big dip but down below the deck from the side of the hill up onto the deck. And uh, we would, they kind of look like this. I have a picture of the kind of planks, except for it was a lot longer and a lot smaller planks. Anyway, so I was, excuse me, I was uh, walking across those planks. My job was to uh, carry the deck boards onto the deck. And so I was carrying those deck boards, walking across there, and I was just bouncing along. And all of a sudden, I heard this big snap. And I just fell like 10 feet, you know, with the deck boards and everything, hit the ground down below. It was a little banged up and, you know, not too bad. But I had put my trust in that 2 by 10 plank. You know, I had I put my weight on it. I thought that it could carry me. And it, it what? It let me down as I was walking across it. Well, this year, so many things have let us down. Isn't that true? I mean, things that we thought we could put our trust in, things we thought we could believe in, and they just simply have let us down. I thought we could trust the news. I don't know that you can anymore, right? I mean, I thought that we could trust medical professionals to know how to take care of us, to know what to do if we become sick, and I don't know. They let us down. I thought we could trust our government to do what's right in the midst of all of this. So many things in this world that we thought we could trust in. And 2020 has proven that I don't know if we can. I'm not sure that we can. It seems like if you turn on the news or you look at some social media posts, you'll have some expert talking about one of the issues over here on this side. I mean, they... They swear this is the truth. And then like 30 seconds later, you turn the channel and you have an expert on this side of the issue putting their career on the line saying this is the truth. What are we supposed to believe? Who are we supposed to believe? Jesus came to earth to give us someone to believe in. We can believe Jesus. We can put our trust in Jesus. In fact, it's impossible for God to lie. He only speaks truth. His word is only truth. We can trust him. We can lean on him. We can put our weight on him. And he will never, ever let us down. Never let us down. So here's your first fill-in. If the world is no longer believable, it might be time to put our belief in the one who is able. Because Jesus is able to carry each and every one of us. All of our hopes, all of our dreams, all of our expectations, he can carry it all. And I said there, if the world is no longer believable, it probably is since the world is no longer believable, <laughs> right? But that's the first reason from the scripture that I found why Jesus came down to earth was to give us something better to believe in. But even more importantly, point number two, love brought Jesus down to earth to 
heal us from our sins. To heal us from our sins. And it comes from verse 14. Kind of a strange part of this text. It says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And so that story might seem a little out of context, but if you go back and read the story of when Moses did lift up a snake in the wilderness, it makes a little more sense. It comes from Numbers chapter 21 in the Old Testament. Now, in this part of the story, Moses has just led the children out of Egypt. They had the 10 plagues. He parted the Red Sea, and they're in the wilderness. And the children of Israel are getting fed every day with this heavenly uh, food called manna. So every day they're getting this manna, and they get tired of it. (laughs) Which I understand if I have Taco Bell twice in a week, I'm tired of it, right? I mean, got to have some Burger King mixed in there, something. They have manna morning, noon, and night. But they start to complain. They start to complain to God. And they say in uh, verse 5, they spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. God doesn't like it when we complain. Let me just tell you that. Especially when we complain about the gifts that he's given us. So their complaints are heard in heaven. And God strikes out and he sends snakes into the people and the people are getting bit by these snakes and some of them start to die. So in the midst of that, they repent and go, oh, I'm sorry, God. I didn't mean to complain. I'm sorry we complained. Save us. Save us from these snakes. And in Numbers chapter 21, verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. So you can kind of see this. They have this camp. And in the middle of the camp, there's this tall pole with a bronze snake on the top. And so anytime anyone was bitten, all they had to do was just move to a place where they could see the pole, and they would be saved. Jesus is using this story to illustrate what he is about to do. He says, in the same way that the people of Israel, all they had to do was look up to the snake to be healed physically, the Son of Man, Jesus, was going to be lifted up on a cross to heal us spiritually. That's what he was saying. Guys, we all need spiritual healing. We need spiritual healing from our sins. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. Unless you're a pastor, then you don't sin. (laughs) Boy, you guys really laughed at that one. You must know me. But it's true. Every one of us, even us pastors, have sinned. And our sin is our sickness. It's our sickness. It makes us spiritually sick. And it creates a separation between us and a holy and righteous God. We need healing from it. Every one of us. 
So Jesus came down to earth to be lifted up, to die on a cross for our sins. And his death is the healing treatment for our sin condition. 1 John 4.10 says this, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Just think about that. Brad did a good job of telling the story. But God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were in heaven, in a perfect heaven, looking down at an imperfect world. And he said, we got to do something about this. There's a chasm between us. And it was the love that they had for us even before Jesus came that sent Jesus down here. Jesus' death on the cross was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. But in the same way that the Israelites had to look up at the snake to be healed, we have to look up to Jesus to be healed. We have to look to him to forgive us of our sins. Just earlier this week, I was in a situation where I was talking to a group of people and I said something that was pretty judgmental towards another person who wasn't there. And I just continued to talk. And later on, I got a call from someone who was in that group and he said, hey, when you said that, that, that offended me, kind of hurt me a little bit. And I said, oh man, I'm sorry. Sorry. And God convicted me and said, hey, remember the scripture says, do not judge or you too will be judged. And so I repented to God, said, Lord, man, please forgive me for my sins. And you know what God did? He, he beat me up. He sent snakes. He didn't, no, he didn't do that. When we confess our sins, it says this in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we confess our sins, God immediately forgives us of our sins. And I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that every day. Every day. We're all sinners, and we all need that spiritual healing. But we have to be willing to look to Jesus to receive it. We have to be willing to look up to him. So you can write this down. Jesus is the only proven therapeutic for our sin sickness. There's a lot of things out there that we use to try to heal us. Jesus is the only one that we can count on. Matt, will you go get Will? We're going to have Will come in. He's going to lead us in a song. And... Um, while we're singing this song, I just want you to consider where you're at today. All right, I want you to think about your relationship with Jesus. I want you to think about what you've been leaning on this year. Have you been leaning on what the media tells you? You can go ahead and come on up there. Have you been leaning on your own thoughts 
Have you been leaning on your own strength? Putting your weight on that. Let's all stand. Because after we sing this song, I'm going to give us an opportunity to respond to today's message. The, the response will be simple. It's just simply going to be saying, I'm going to put my faith in you, Jesus, instead of anything else. The people around me, my own strength, all those things that I could be putting my faith in, putting my trust in. And the response is just simply going to be, I'm going to put my faith in you, Jesus. But let's sing this song first, and then I'll come up and give us that opportunity.
Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, I want to invite you to come up right now. Just as a response to what God is doing in your heart. Is there anyone who needs to do that today? And you'll probably know it's you because your hands may be sweaty. You may have your heart racing. And I would just encourage you to come up and respond to that open invitation. Is there anyone who wants to do that today? We're only going to wait a minute. I know for many of us in this room today, we've already put our faith in Jesus at an invitation like this. But if you've never done that before, I want to encourage you to come up but also I do want to speak to those who have those of us who have put our faith in Jesus in the past and I want you to ask yourself did I stop putting my trust and faith in Jesus at some point along the way and I started to trust man I started to trust medical experts I started to trust our government and my friends and myself Well, if you've done that, I invite you to respond as well. To just say, God, I'm going to put my faith back in you. Is there anyone who wants to do that today? Thank you, guys. Anyone else? I just want to remind us all, Jesus is the only one to believe in. He's the only one we have to believe in. And he will never let us down. Never let us down. Okay, so I'm going to do a closing prayer, and then I'll pray with you too, okay? Up here afterwards. If there's anyone else where you you know you're supposed to be up here, even as we pray here at the end, I would invite you to just come up and join us in this, all right? But I'll do a prayer of dismissal. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who came down to earth to die on a cross for our sins, was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, lived a perfect life to die a perfect sacrifice so we don't have to. So God, we lay our lives down to you in the same way that you laid your life down on the cross. And Lord, we commit to serving you and following you because you're the only one that's worth following. You're the only one worth trusting in. So go with us now, Lord. I pray that we would emulate your love, joy, peace to the world around us, God. And I pray that you would remind us of the reason for this season 
this next week. And it was our privilege today to honor and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, thanks for being here today, guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. We'll see you next week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.